Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. We are the storm from Melbourne Town. We'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. On 11.16 SEN, this is the Melbourne Storm Hour. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. We kickstart it with the Melbourne Storm Hour. And, of course, this team just continues to play as well as they do. They're five and zip. Tough road trip last week. Always hard to go up. Always tough one to go up to towns. We'll get the job done. Our man, Sandor Earl, who is a huge part of the Storm Hour, was... I think he knew this time last week when he rolled in with a big smile on his face. He didn't drop the knowledge, but he played his first first first-grade game for, I think, five years on the weekend in the win. Cam Smith broke another record. Plenty to get into it. I'm joined in the studio by... Two legends, not only of Melbourne Storm, but of Rugby League. I talk of Ryan Hoffman and Robbie Kearns. Boys, welcome. Thank you very much. Hi, Cam. How are we? I'm doing well, Kearns. What's news with you? Oh, mate, I'm I'm doing lots of things these days. I'm, um, <laughs> I've moved on from the Storm in a uh, full-time capacity, yes. but uh, still involved, obviously, on match days and bits and pieces, mm-hmm. doing a bit of corporate stuff with them. But, um, no, nah, still heavily involved with the boys, watching them go around again. And uh, I think it's the fifth time. I heard this the other day, the fifth time in their 22 years that they've gone 5-0. and oh. So um, starting another season off magnificently. So you two boys have been a part of some great starts over the course of the years. As, as, as you look at it and you see them 5-0, and zero, does it feel like a, a dominant 5-0? and zero? Is, it, is it one that, you know, there's been the inconsistencies but get the results? Is it, is it a great 5-0 and zero is probably what I'm asking? Because any time in sport you do it in a pro level, it's... Traditionally, a pretty good sign. Yeah, I think any five and zero is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, True. Look, we uh, the last two weeks we probably haven't hit our straps as well as what we did our our first three weeks. But uh, in the end, we managed to win games, and um, in, in that, that's what this, this business is all about. And uh, you know, the the boys have had to tough out, um, you know, two uh, very hard fought wins the last two weeks, and uh, they're not going to get much harder than uh, this Friday night against the Chooks. All right, we're going to talk about the grand final rematch shortly. We're going to talk about all things rugby league, but we have and. I know that you were definitely a teammate and Robbie Coons would have been a teammate of Greg Inglis at some point, wouldn't you? Yeah, believe it or not, it was... Uh, <laughs> this goes to show you how old I am. But actually, you know what? I'm only joking because I know you are because when you emailed me this today, I thought I'd better play it. Obviously, you're making me my debut. Um, you know, I was four years old when I made my debut um, when Robbie Coons made his debut for Cronulla Sharks and I got to play two seasons with him. So, you know, it's um, I keep reminding him about that too. And... Thanks for sending that through too, Kernsey. There you go. <laughs> Does it make you feel well, old? When he said two seasons, I'm pretty sure it was only one. But, yep. um, yeah, it was 2005. I think he burst on the scene. And uh, and Hoffield backed me up here. We heard a lot about this kid. He was uh, playing in our Brisbane North, which was our feeder team at the time. Mm-hmm. And we heard a lot about this guy scoring uh, hat-tricks every, every week, if not every second week. And, uh, you know, we expected to see this 
big bulk of a kid anyway. He came down and he looked like a javelin. He was that skinny. And, uh, you know, I think the first time he sort of got on, he debuted, he scored a try. And uh, the rest is history, so they say. I think we played, what, 263 games. And mm. I reckon, you know, majority of those games have been 10 out of 10 games. He's just an absolute athlete. And I, I've spoke to about, you know, a lot of AFL people come up to me today after his announcement and just sort of asked me how good was he. And I said, personally, I think he was the most naturally gifted rugby league player I've ever seen. Didn't mean – I'm not saying he's the best – Rugby league player, because his most probably his consistency mm-hmm. wasn't there like some of those guys at the top of the tree. But if you pick out, you know, one of his greatest games ever, it by far out, outscores anyone else. Yeah, look, he, he was a type of player that he could just drift in and out of games. He was sometimes he was on and then he'd be there, and then uh, other times he wouldn't be. And he just something would come over and said, "All right, I want to score a try here," and he would. Uh, it was amazing. And I, I remember I actually played a couple of reserve guard games with him and. 2004 as, as a 17 year old and uh, you're right he was built like a minute to six and he was bumping blokes off you know t- twice, twice as big as him he, he was unbelievable it's funny I actually remember pre-season 2004 you might remember this Kernsey we're out at um, Marsland College do, doing a very tough training session out there and GI was down with our academy kids and uh, we're doing a conditioning drill and he just gave up he just went and sat under a tree and said no I'm not doing this anymore and Billy Ake Walked over and told him, if you don't start training, I don't want you to ever come back and I don't want to see you again. So um, it's funny how things change. I assume he got up then. <laughs> uh, well, no, he did. He did. Be- <laughs> Bello told him to uh, rack off and um, not quite those words. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he sort of got himself together. He was only a young kid then. And uh, the, the next year he was playing first grade. And, yeah, as I say, went, went on to be not only a very – um, fantastic Melbourne Storm player, but a rugby league player as well. It's always disappointing when we see, like, superstars of any generation who hang up the boots, in particular in a season, and understand yeah. the reasons why, and he spoke so well on Monday. But how much does it hurt the Rabbitohs, the fact that, you know, we you perceive or view a team the way that you see the players coming into preseason, and we thought, you know, we'll see how this goes as he works himself into form and a bit of fitness. But how much does it hurt them from a – you know, from a structural point of view of being able to go deep into this year? Oh, personally, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're star-studded side, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Mm. I mean, um, obviously they've got the Burgess boys there. Damien Cook's gone to a whole new level the last couple of years. Uh, Cody Walker, we saw him on the weekend. He scored uh, four tries and sort of won those guys the match. So, I mean, we haven't seen Greg Inglis, and again, Hoffie will back me up here. Well, he may or may not, but, you know, we haven't seen the – the, the best of Greg Inglis in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Obviously, been dogged with that knee injury, um, shoulder injury of, of recent times. So, I mean, and they, you know, they went all but a grand final last year. So, yeah. Whilst it's going to affect them, I don't think it's going to affect them as much as it possibly would mm-hmm. if if Melbourne Storm were without Cameron Smith. Yep. Um, I just think, uh, you know, at his best, which is most probably a few years ago when the when the Bunnies won their grand final. Um, but yeah, that's that's my personal opinion, Hovey. Yeah, look, I, I think he he almost looked relieved, to be quite honest. Mm. He, he uh, in watching his press conference, he, he looked relieved, and look, he he will, um, you know, I suppose the the South players will just miss his personality probably more than anything because they know he's the poor bloke's been going on one leg and one shoulder for for the past few years. So, um, I I, th- I think that relief, and I think we'll be able to see him happy now. So, um, yeah, all the best to him. And just off the back of that, I mean, I mean, the guy's been an absolute pin-up boy for rugby league for such a long period of time. When I say pin-up boy, every kid wanted to do the go-inner. Every kid wanted to be GI. I mean, if it wasn't Billy Slater, it's GI. They're the two sort of standout guys, I, I reckon, in the last sort of 10 to 15 years that young kids wanted to be like. And, um, 
you know, maybe it's nowadays Latrell Mitchell, I'm not too sure, but you know, there's so much pressure on Greg, not only year in, year out, but every week to perform. And, Me- um, mentally, it, t- it takes out. And he, he looked mentally exhausted. I watched his last couple of games, mentally and physically exhausted. That's why I think he just looked relieved. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I mean, you go, you got to take your hat off to guys like that, and and Cameron, and we talk about Billy and Cooper, all these guys that have been at the top of the pecking order for such a long period of time. They've had so much consistency. The pressure on those guys to, to perform, and as you said, Hoffy, it's not only on field, it's off field. I mean, Greg's the the captain of the the, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and around that area, you know, he's he's an absolute god within the Indigenous space, and uh, so I mean, the pressures. All day, every day for Greg Inglis would have been immense, and obviously when he wasn't performing uh, up to his, uh, you know, standard that he want, wanted to be, uh, it was always going to affect him. And uh, as, as Hoffy said, it's most probably massive relief for Hoff, uh, for for GI that he can actually say, you know, it's time, time's up. Everybody has different situations. Everyone has different reasons, and you know, when you come to retirement, there's different ways to which people think about it and handle it and all the rest of it. Leading up to your boys' retirements. How hard? Like, how much did it weigh on your minds? Was it injury? Was it the mental side of it? What, like, and how long do you toss and turn at night, thinking, "Is the end here? Do I pull the pin? Do I try and go one more year?" How, how hard is it as a pro athlete to actually just go, "I'm done"? How was it for you boys? Yeah, look for look. I, I just did it last year, and mm. I, I just I just knew. I just knew. I, I just knew, knew in the preseason. I, I didn't have another one of those left yep. in me. I could keep playing. I could keep playing. No worries. It's the training. I couldn't keep training anymore. I couldn't do what it took to get me to play at a standard that I was happy with playing. And when you can't do that, uh, knowing how much training has to go into it and you just don't want to do it anymore. But the thing for me in retirement, I just wanted to to make the decision. I didn't want someone else to make the decision for me. And I was in a fortunate position where I got to to make the call myself. And uh, I was actually really content. I managed to do everything in the game that I wanted to achieve. And uh, I retired a very content player. What about you, Kearnsey? Uh, yeah, my decision was pretty easy. Craig Bellamy said he didn't want me playing anymore, so, <laughs> so, so there's not much to uh, <laughs> nowhere to go when he says that to you. Um, I was I was a bit of a funny one, and I don't know whether Hoffy knows a real story here, but um, I got to a stage in my career where I was sort of 32, pushing ready 33, and I was I mean, you know, whether one wanted to go around again, and mm. we had a whole heap of young guys coming through the ranks in in regards to forwards, Antonio uh, Kafusi, Brett White. Um, and Donnelly back in the days, and and we didn't have too many experienced players. There was no in-betweens. And so sort of Craig Bellamy said, listen, mate, I'd love you to go around one more year. And I was like, oh, I was really sort of saying I love playing. Mm-hmm. But as Hoffy said, I was I didn't think I could get through another preseason uh, because as as we all know down in Melbourne, they train very ridiculously hard. And, uh, you know, it's known throughout the NRL that we are the hardest training teams, have the biggest preseasons. And um, so – I, I tossed the idea up, you know, with, with obviously close ones. And I thought, you know what, I most probably can go one more year. Not that the big 300 mark was a, a thing to get to, but I would have hit the 300 mark. And um, I thought, you know, long time retired. And so I decided to go around one more year. And about six weeks later, we were playing the Brisbane Broncos up in uh, Suncorp Stadium. And obviously they had the two benchmark front rows in the, in the game at the time, Shane Webke and Big Petro. So I just... I had it in my head. I'm not too sure why. I just went out there to try and uh, I, sm- I smelled blood. And I went out there and I was flying out of the line trying to pull shots on these guys that are twice the size of me and I kept bouncing off. And you know, I'd go back to the line and throw my body at them again and, and Craig pulled me aside after the game. And it was just 
a, a weird game. I just wanted to get the better of these two front rowers, but uh, you know, I was bouncing off tackles and my, you know, I wasn't really really effective. And Craig pulled me aside a week later and he said, "Mate, I'm most probably going too early." <laughs> I know. That's the worst game of football I've seen you play. <laughs> and he said, mate, I might have to rethink it. And I said, oh, come on, mate. And he goes, anyway. So, But it came down to the fact that he said, listen, what you do at training, you're doing a game. Mm-hmm. And I started taking shortcuts, not in, the, in, in regards to the fitness levels, uh, you know, doing the fitness, but more the uh, contact stuff, which you know, the young guys such as Antonio, even Hoffy back in the day, uh, they were trying to rip into the old dog, and uh, it was really hurt me, and I wasn't backing up too well. So I basically made the decision there, and then that, so uh, that was my last. You year. retired in season or at the end of the year? No, no, at the end you of the year, the I year. got, okay, got okay, to see cool. the air out, and uh, it was more. It was funny, it's, and Hoffy was there. Hoffy's a big part of it. Um, 2005, it was the opportunity of a lifetime because mm. I hadn't won a premiership, and that was the year we we're going to win it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just didn't happen. We um, it was the year the Tigers won it. They came from nowhere, and we beat them. I think the. The week before the finals, I think we beat them 40-0 down here at Olympic Park mm-hmm. and they went on to win the premiership. Yeah, we, lo- we lost yourself and um, Billy in the first semi-final, which yep. well, it wasn't good and got knocked off in the second round of the semis. All right, on that note, we're going to get to a quick break. Matty Guy's going to jump on the line. Christian Vel- Welsh is going to join us later in the show. We're going to talk probably something you don't really care about, either you boys, but Queensland captaincy now that Greg Inglis <laughs> is no longer there, but I'll happy try to, and get it out happy of Happy to see the back of him. <laughs> see you later, Greg. And we're going to talk about the big game this week, the Roosters and the Storm as well. It is the Melbourne Storm Hour, part of the Sporting Capital. On 1116 SEN, this is the Melbourne Storm Hour. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. Hoffman and Kearns in the studio. Don't miss a moment of the action too as Melbourne Storm look to continue their winning streak. Get it to six to start the year against the Roosters this Friday night. Amy Park, bring the kids for free. Head to Ticket Tech today to lock in your tickets. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. one 736 chat to two legends. And there's going to be a new segment starting on the Sporting Capital right about now. It's a where are they now segment. And that's quite ironic because Matty Guy, of course, a legend of the club. We're asking the same thing because right now we can't get hold of him. Is that right, Kearnsy? <laughs> Pretty much. I thought he's going to be uh, good to go, but uh, I can't get a hold of Matty Guy. But um, anyway, most probably, most probably trying to grow some hair. <laughs> All right. Take the hint, because he doesn't want to talk to you, mate. <laughs> no doubt. You know what we'll do then? We'll just might touch on the fact that it's a pretty big game this week. Of course, the Roosters are so highly rated coming off that premiership last year and had a pretty good start to the year, and Melbourne are 5-0. and zero. Does it get mentioned, the very fact of that last game of 2018? Yeah, look, I think if the game was played later on in the year, I don't think it... it would have been mentioned, but I think because you know it's still quite early in the season that uh, it's still relevant, um, and and it's interesting because everyone um, that was involved in that game last year is 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 still involved with the club. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've got no new players, so everyone knows what happened last year. And uh, you know, to be quite honest, we got taken to the sword by the Roosters, and um, th- they gave us a bit of a lesson. So I th- think there was certainly some um, things that happened in that game we needed to rectify, and we've spoken about it all um, pre-season. Um, so yeah, we're under no illusions that uh, they come up with a pretty good plan to beat us last year, and um, I'm sure they're so they're that well coached, especially now that they've got uh, one of our former assistants up there, Adam O'Brien. So uh, we're under no illusions that they're going to come up with something special for us on Friday. What happened on Grand Final night? Was it were you surprised by it, the way they were able to like you always prepare for a team and you know kudos to them for playing so well, but there were things that they did that surprised you that really rammed home over the summer of what you had to sort of maybe bring to the table next time you meet them? Yeah, look, I think it was uh, a lot of it was a case of 
they were just really on that night, mm-hmm. and we were just that little bit off. And when uh, in a big game, all the deficiencies um, show up, and that, that's what it was. Like we were quite poor with our hands all season, and it showed up in the last game. I also think in our preparation, we spent a lot of time focusing on what to do if Cooper does play or Cooper mm-hmm. doesn't play. Where in the end, we probably should have been focused on Luke Keary because. Uh, he played one of the best games of football I've seen any anyone play on that day. So, you know, there, there were a few things in our preparation we certainly would have changed, but uh, that, that's not taking away that we were beaten by a much better team. How much does it add to it? How much does it add to the fact that you're playing or any time you play a team that beats you in either a grand final or a big game, how long is that dislike or that disappointment or the hatred? Is it a career thing? Or was it just a couple of weeks, months, or you just don't care until everyone's arrival? How does it all work? Yeah, well, it, you know... Our rivalry with Manly has has, has got on quite a few yeah, that's, years. That's a fair call. And, uh, and obviously Cronulla, and we, we've got one with Brisbane too, and they're all teams that, that have beaten us in grand finals. So, look, I, I think it certainly adds adds a bit of something to it. It hit the pride um, last year on quite a few few of our players. So, uh, look, you'll be you'll be you'll be dead if you don't think you realise that there's something special about this game. Kenzie? Um yeah, I, I reckon. Um, well. Talking about the Roosters mm-hmm. uh, last year, it was quite funny. Um, everyone, there's lots of talk about Ryan, uh, Ryan Hoffman, Cooper Cronk, mm-hmm. and his shoulder. And um, anyway, so a friend of mine from Cronulla, who's a good mate of mine, he, he rang me up and he said, mate, listen, I've heard a rumour that uh, Cooper's busted his shoulder. And I said, who's told you this? He says, mate, I'm telling you, it's from a very, very good source. Anyway, so I went back and told Craig and Frank, I said, listen, this is a story I've heard and Bellamy didn't want anything to do with it. He said, mm-hmm. mate, Cooper will play, no doubt. I said, mate, he's got a busted shoulder, he's not playing. He said, mate, he'll play. And sure enough, he goes out there with a busted shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my uh, mail was correct and, uh, you know, the rest is history. You know, he didn't uh, didn't participate much in the game at all, but uh, him being out there, um, obviously, you know, had had an effect on the rest of the Roosters team, and they 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 went to a whole new level. And uh, yeah, they just as, as Hoffy said, they uh, they did a job on us and did a really good job on us. So, the, fa- um, the fact that he was out there, and now we know the extent of the injury on in the aftermath of it. Like, is it one of? And boys have seen some courageous efforts from rugby league players over the years. Where does it sit when it comes to and rank as one of the courageous efforts to go into a grand final with the injury that he had? Oh, it's 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 right up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and speaking to him after the game, what they had. You know, he got another needle after the game. It was a 15-centimetre break in a, in, a, in a scapula and, you know, for a half. Hey, had someone, just on that, had someone have said to you two weeks prior, not not worrying about the player, so that that's the injury that someone had, can they play a game of rugby league, one of the, if not the highest intensity domestic game of the year, would you believe them? Not a hope in hell. And that's that's the other thing. I mean, it could have backfired. Mm, I mean, it could have. And, you know, we all know he, he didn't, as I said earlier, he didn't really participate in that game. If you, if you, you know, Giving him a mark out of ten for that game, he may probably got two, and and he usually got standards of eight and a half to nine every every week. So, you know, he he's, I suppose his need out there on the night was just to be there for the the rest of the Roosters mm-hmm. group, um, give those guys confidence, and the fact that he was out there with a broken shoulder, that's and I, and you back me up on or don't back me up, Poffy, but I reckon that's why the rest of the team rose to the occasion and they they grew an extra arm and a leg and. It, it was it was a, distra- a distraction for us because yeah. we based a lot of our preparation on what to do if Cooper does or doesn't play, mm-hmm. and in the end we should have said, well, if he does play, he's not going to be much good. We should mm-hmm. focus on Luke Keary. So him being there distracted us, to, to be quite honest. And um, 
you know, it was it was a dead set masterstroke, and you know, it certainly took a very very um, special player to be able to be out there and not to contribute, but still contribute if 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 that makes sense. And uh, that just shows what a great player, great team man Cooper is. Was there ways you were trying to change it on the fly in the way that you were defending them, or was it just once you're into it, it's it's too hard to be able to just change up so much your attention? Because it, like I think he was involved in the first try, wasn't it? Was he involved? Yeah, in, he was it, involved early, and then he sort of. To his right. his his presence there yeah. causes us to react because yeah. you know we expect so much from mm. him. We know what he can do, and just a lot of time he was just catching and passing and yep. doing all that. And and as I say, it took the pressure off Kiri. Mm. And at the time we we I was in the coach's box at the time. We realised, hang on, we got to spend a lot more time on Kiri. But it, it was t- too late. I was talking to Craig Fitzgibbon in the off season, and you know obviously he's part of the Roosters um, coaching staff there, and he just he knew that. You know, they, the Roosters had us rattled early on in the sense that if we were trying to target Cooper, mm-hmm. we are keeping our eyes off the, the major prize, which was, as you said, Luke Keery had a um, man-of-match performance. So it, it did affect us. And I mean, we, we were trying to target him, but he kept going from side to side. And it was just it was just a game that we just lost track of what we should have been doing. And again, I know it's, he's an old coach from yesteryear, but uh, the original coach from Melbourne Storm, who won a premiership in 1999, uh, Chris Anderson, he was always about, don't worry what the opposition's doing, just worry about what we're doing. And that's exactly what happened on the night. We got all caught up in what the Roosters were going to do, how they're going to do it, and why they're going to do it. And uh, it just come back to backfire on the Melbourne Storm. But anyway, we're talking about 2019. We are. So who do we target on Friday night? How, how, do, do you go back to the Cooper Cronk situation? Or how, who is the main, I guess, when it comes to defensive tactics and the way you go about it? Well, I, th- I think we make sure our backyard's in order. True. Yeah, so I, I, I really do. And, and look, a lot of everything in our preparation um, that we prepared really well, but in mm-hmm. the end, we were, we were off that on on that night. And uh, if you look at the game, we were still only two tries down with 15 minutes to go. So we we, we were still in it. Still in it. So um, yeah, it's it's making sure that everyone t- turns up with their head on. Every turn turns up with their preparation done perfectly because that's what it's, what it's going to take to beat a very good Rooster side. Can't wait for Friday night. The Purple Army is building for 2019. Melbourne, you're our city and we're your club. Any four Melbourne Storm home games for only $99. Call 1-300-STORMS now and be Melbourne proud in 2019. Now, when it comes to Cam Smith, it just seems like every single week or every fortnight there's a new record he is breaking. And again, it happened last Friday night in Townsville. Before we get your thoughts on a man who just continues to rack up milestone after milestone, let's hear from T- Todd Greenberg in the sheds after the game. Now, assume you were you either? Yeah, you were there, there. So you yep. would have been there for this. A lot of people, it's yet to be seen or heard in public. This is Todd Greenberg and another presentation towards one of the greats. And in 2002, Cameron played game number one. And tonight, he played game number 389. And 389 NRL games on top of 42 Origins for Queensland. On top of 56 test matches for his country, grand finals, premierships, all the individual awards, which we don't need to go through. But I want to to tell you this number because this number is staggering. He's played 389 games, 278 of those are wins. He may well go on and win 300 NRL games. There are only 34 players in the history of the game that have played 300 games. And you guys are playing for someone who may win 300 games. The reason I say that is because I don't want any, particularly the younger blokes, and maybe the older blokes, but the younger blokes to understand the privilege that it is to lace up every week and play with a teammate like this bloke. 
it is genuinely an extraordinary achievement what you've seen tonight. Um, and so tonight is an occasion where you say he is now the greatest point scorer of all time. That is not something you say very often, and it's probably not something we'll say again. Good things happen to good people. Um, this guy's a champion, he's a better bloke off the field. Well done, mate. <laughs> There you go. Fantastic oh, rap. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It could be the first bloke to play th- uh, to get three hundred wins. I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, his record speaks for itself. Mm. There hasn't been a record he hasn't broken yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you work out the tackles he's made, I mean, every week he's doing fifty odd tackles. So count that by three hundred eighty nine mm. games. Three hundred eighty nine. He's up to or three hundred. Oh uh, yes, yeah. Whatever it is, but. Um, Absolute superstar, and uh, as Todd Greenberg said, uh, the, the the one bonus out of all that, he's a better bloke off the field than what he uh, is, as a, is as a player. Well, the, and the interesting thing with him getting that um, points record is that he actually didn't start goal kicking regularly until three years into mm. his career. And it was interesting. I was I'm on the sideline for the storm and re- passing the messages from the coach. So even though I'm retired, I'm still getting yelled at by the coach. <laughs> but um, the message came down to for him to take the two, and that was the first time I've seen Cameron hesitate. I, I I know he did wanted to think that he was just taking the two to get the record. I think he would have preferred it to come from a a conversion after a try, but the opportunity was too good to get the two points, and it, it just summed him up as a person too. Like he wasn't focused on the record; he was thinking, "Hang on, is this the best thing for the team at this time?" Are you noticing any difference in like? Have you noticed any drop off? Like when you see, when we're sitting in the stand, is there going to be any drop off with the way Cameron Smith was playing in two thousand and eight and nine compared to now? But uh, do you notice anything on a day to day basis? No, look, it's remarkable. He he, st- he still does everything what it mm-hmm. takes. He's still the last bloke off the field. Yeah, um, I was at, was at training this afternoon. He was the last bloke off the field after practicing his goal kicking and his kicks and his passes. And th- there is no secret to him. Everyone says, "How can he do it? How do he, how does he do it?" He just, well, number one, he loves the game, mm-hmm. and number two, he works hard at it. Mm-hmm. He, he realised that this is his job, this is his love, this is his passion, and he works hard at what he loves to do. Hoffie, you've been uh, obviously very close to, to him for a long period of time, and you obviously only retired last year with him. Have you seen him slow down at all? As in, I'm talking about his speed in around the dummy half, or if he gets in the open, I mean his, his actual leg speed. Yeah, look, I, I, I haven't seen too much of a drop-off, to, to be quite honest. And look, if there has been, it's very been minimal, but... Certainly that hasn't dropped off, and that's his speed between the ears. Yep. And that's what I think is his greatest attribute. He's could be, I think, the smartest footballer that's ever played the game, to be able to read the defence, to be able to look at plays, you know, three tackles ahead. And, um, yeah, we, we, we talk about how great Cooper was for the Melbourne Storm, how great Billy was for the Melbourne Storm. But if you think back to it, Cameron Smith was the person who passed him the ball. Yeah. So if he didn't think it was on, if he didn't think it was the right play, those guys don't, don't get the ball. So everything begins and ends really with Cameron. It's interesting. I uh, I always look at Cameron. I mean, he's thirty five or thirty six now. Yeah, thirty six. Yeah. Let's, let's just say forty. Yeah, <laughs> uh, round it off. But um, mate, when he first came on the scene, uh, I think his very first game for the Melbourne Storm, he was playing halfback. We had uh, young Marty Turner who was out with uh, he just been actually in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And he played halfback, but he, uh, I think he got benched halfway through the first or second half or it was just after half time. I think they sort of uh, t- took him off the field because he wasn't performing at halfback. And then sure enough, he's, you know, he, which I'm sure he played a little bit of halfback in his uh, years growing up, but um, obviously he found his position at uh, hooker. 
And uh, it was a, at a real delicate stage of the Melbourne Storm because we had a guy playing for us previously at hooker, Richard Swain. And he won the previous two player of the years at the Melbourne Storm. And uh, it was basically a toss-up there and then. Who do we keep, uh, Richard Swain or, or the young guy, the young gun uh, in Cameron Smith, who obviously had about three or four clubs chasing him at the time. he just come off the uh, back of an Australian t- schoolboys tour. And uh, at the time... Everyone was going to, you know, the, the supporters of the the club were going to uh, t- torch the place down. They thought, how how could you? I mean, Richard Swain, just a lovely guy, mm-hmm. wonderful guy off the field and uh, absolutely champion champion on it. But um, I always take the uh, the mickey out of uh, Richard Swain saying they definitely made the wrong choice. <laughs> hey, Christian Wells is going to join us on the other side of this. Super Sally Cam Smith is. And there's no doubt over the next five, six Seven months over this NRL season still to go. We'll have probably four or five more of those milestones that he's gone past, although it's hard to believe considering he seems to break so many records. Melbourne is only one rugby league team in town. Support the club that supports our city. Get four Melbourne Storm home games for only $99. Call 1300 Storms now and be Melbourne proud. Quick break. Huffy, Kernsey, and Christian Wells on the phone next. We are the storm from Melbourne town. We'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. On 1116 SEN. This is the Melbourne Storm Hour. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. Christian Welch, only moments away with the T-Bone of the Week Award. Firstly, Jason's in Mirrorbuck to have a chat to Ryan Hoffman and Robbie Kearns just quickly. Hello, Jase. G'day, Hoffman. G'day, Kearns. G'day. How are you guys? How are you, mate? You good? You yes, I'm a passionate Melbourne Storm fan. I hope we can beat the Roosters and actually win the inaugural Telstra Premiership this year. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, the boys trained well today and um, everything's looking good for Friday. You Thank go. you, Kenzie, and everyone. Bye for now. Hey. Always, pal. Okay, yeah. Jason and by Big Storm Man. Quickly, Dunny is in Patterson's Lake. Hello. Very, very happy Melbourne Storm supporter. Um, week this week, we've got um, Smitty's just broken the record. Uh, Krog's playing against us, which I want to talk to you about. Um, Slater's um, making St Kilda win with all his tackling expertise, which I couldn't tell you that's a big part of it. But I want to know from you guys, I drove home, I did the big drive to the NRL grand final last year for the first time ever, and stopped at Yass and got absolutely smashed by Sydney Brewster supporters, I thought they were going to kill him right now. But do we heckle him or do we support him? Now, it's a big call. Well, I know, I know from within the four walls of Melbourne Storm, uh, he will always be known as a legend of our club, and that's the way we greet him when we see him. Um, obviously, he's gone up to the Roosters, but, mate, he gave over 300 games of first-grade football for the Melbourne Storm and gave his absolute heart and soul to our, our organisation. It just so happened uh, he was in love with a girl up in Sydney and basically, you know, from my point of view, and I'm sure Hoffy's going to back me up here, as every other Melbourne Storm uh, staff member or player would, um, he he basically done his deeds for the Melbourne Storm and uh, moved on. And we we sort of said thanks very much for your time. Yeah, certainly from my perspective, uh, he earned the right to make the decision uh, what he wanted because yeah, he he put his body through a hell of a lot for for this club. He loved this club. He was um, you know he, he played a lot of positions for this club at the start before he came our halfback. And um, yeah, he's still a very good friend to to a lot of players in this team. Uh, obviously, supporters are going to do what they want, but um, 
you know, we, we just we just want to make sure you guys are, are ch- cheering for us on, on the weekend and, um, you yeah, know, let's not give the Roosters anything to cheer about and uh, let's have a big Melbourne Storm game. Head of Ticket Tech today to lock in your tickets as well. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. And a man who, of course, is a huge part of this show as well. Talk of Christian Welsh, who joins us on the line. Christian, welcome back to the Storm Hour. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll tell you what I want to do. Before we get to the T-Bone of the Week and you have a chat to the boys, I know you've sent through a piece of audio. Do you want me to play it now or do you want me to hold on to it? Oh, yeah, we might just hold off. We okay. might setting the scene for this uh, little bit of piece of audio. Uh, you know, everyone, I suppose, uh, talks about the Melbourne Storm culture and, and how, uh, I suppose, uh, abide it is across the sporting uh, landscape in Australia. And, and, you know, there is some good things, but there is, I suppose, some things that need to come out and... Uh, there is a bit of a dark underbelly uh, of the club, and uh, I suppose I'll get you to press the audio and we'll uh, just bring the listeners in. Nope, hang on. That's basically Robbie Kearns in a nutshell. Former Rugby League Sexiest Man of the League nominee, but hopefully if I ever pull the boots back on again, I may be a contender. <laughs> Talk us through it. Yeah, so I'd just, like uh, just like to carry on before we get comments from uh, young Robbie. Uh, just you know, uh, you know, we're, our head coach is the son of a cement worker from Portland, and and, and you know, rugby league's a very blue collar game, and you know, they're things that you do to be really respect. And I just think Kearns might have started a bit of a rot at the club. Uh, it's it's been carried on by certain players in in the current squad, uh, and obviously he was angling for the sexiest man in the league uh, back in 2007. Uh, so it was actually a couple of days ago I was coming back in uh, Nelson and Nelson and I was. Two good ruckies do. We were fighting over a piece of meat, bare knuckle brawling, just to just to get fired up for the Roosters this Friday. And um, we walk back into the sheds and see uh, Shander Earl straightening his straightening his hair in the bathroom. <laughs> and I actually, I'd like to attribute a bit of this to Robbie Kearns, and um, yeah, so it's, I, I think the people need to know this. Walsh, I'd just like to thank you for um, your research you've done on Robbie Kearns. Obviously, I'm going to put some stalking charges on you very soon. Uh, that was back in the day when I was a good sort. Um, I think I was 20 years of age, and um, anyway, I've come a long way since then, Christian. I'm obviously a former front rower, so I can't, um, I can't uh, bag myself too much because I most probably um, I can't get my way out of it. But anyway, listen, Walsh, I appreciate your effort, and uh, let's talk about the next subject, please. <laughs> I'm you, Walsh, getting you know, I actually have a. <laughs> I've actually got one more nomination. Oh, uh, the bloke sitting next to you, the great Ryan Hoffman. Um, He's obviously moved into the uh, head office and has hung the boots up and uh, for the suit. Uh, and uh, there is many accounts, more than one account, that has given me this testimony that uh, Ryan Hoffman was caught on his computer Googling Ryan Hoffman. Uh, I'd like just a, a comment from Ryan and maybe whether he could swear on his kid's lives that this hasn't occurred. Thank I, you. I, uh, I was on my computer and I can swear on my kid's lives that I was not Googling myself. I was looking at myself on rugbyleagueproject.org uh, to see how many tries I, s- I had scored against the Roosters in my time. So you didn't Google right it, it wasn't a Google. I went to rug- rugbyleagueproject.org, a fantastic website for <laughs> folks li- listening out there if you'd like to check it out. I know Welsh is going to check it out right now to see how many tries he scored, and it'll be a very quick search. Um, oh, I've, ne- I've never done that, but I, I think I ended up with 32 tries. Actually, I have done it a thousand times. <laughs> but it was not a Google, uh, Welshy. Well, there we go. That's my nomination for T-Bone of the Week, fellas. So uh, all the best in, in the fans of deciding. Not bad. Hey, just before we let you go, mate, big game. Talking about the Roosters, big game Friday night. How's the boys looking? 
Yeah, we're looking really good. We're obviously really excited to take on the Roosters. And, uh, you know, obviously last year's disappointment was, um, I suppose, it's spoken about a little bit. So we're hopefully going out on Friday in front of our home fans this time because obviously the grand finals played in Sydney. Uh, it was pretty much, um, you know, more than three, three quarters as Roosters fans. So we're really looking forward to getting out in front of the Sea of Purple at Amy and, and hopefully playing well. And, of course, this time last week, you were nominated for a T-Bone of the Week due to uh, comparing yourself to the Hemsworth brothers. How's that gone down? Oh, God, he's not still doing well, that, is Chandor, he? Well, it's Chandor, uh, you know, jealousy's an ugly look, and Chandor's obviously a bit threatened from Welch. Uh, he's got that rugby league, that old prop kind of look that uh, obviously appeals to the crowd. So, uh, Robbie Cairns used to have it, but uh, yeah, a bit too pretty boy for me these days, Robbie Cairns. A long time ago, Welsh man, a long time ago. That's it. That's it. He's <laughs> enough. He's enough. Thank okay. you, Welshie. See you later, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if he's still there or not, but anyway, he's gone now. Get rid of Welsh him. There. Get rid T-bone, of him. T-bone, T-bone dump, dump. of the Week Award nominations. There you go. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Who uh, should be our T-Bone of the Week? Is it Robbie Kearns for how long ago would that have been, Robbie? Like, oh, mate, I'm, it was last week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking I did a favour for my... Former manager mm-hmm. uh, George Mimas, and he needed a couple of older fellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had they had the young crew. I think Cooper Cronk was one of the uh, players, and but they had a couple of past players, and I had to stick my hand up for it. Got paid handsomely, by the way, but um, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't get paid a cent, believe it or not. Lies. I just did George George Mimas a favour, and I've regretted it ever since. Oh, and how many tries did you have against the Roosters? Um, I think it was four. Okay. I think it was four, but I actually know the staff member who has dobbed me in. So well, You um, can nominate them for T-Bone of the Week if you want. Yeah, I will. Um, Ivy Whelan, I'll come and see you tomorrow. All right, hey, there t- you go. Tell me this, Hoffie. How many tries did you end up with? Uh, 70, 70-something, I think. 77. <laughs> I, can't, I can't beat that up. Like I said, no, just... I checked out many times. I'm, I'm on 32. <laughs> Not bad for a front row, though. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved off the text, which there are a few coming through. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll get to all that and plenty more. It's all thanks uh, to Melbourne Storm. Don't miss a minute of the action. As Melbourne Storm look to continue their winning streak to six in a row against the Roosters this Friday at Amy Park. Bring the kids for free. Head to Ticket Tech today, and you might want to do it tonight because... It's selling out. Huge a Good Friday game as well to lock in your tickets. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. Let's get to a break. Plenty more in the Melbourne Storm Hour next. We are the storm from Melbourne town. We'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. On 11.16 SEN, this is the Melbourne Storm Hour. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. Yeah, there's only one rugby league team in town. Support the club that supports our city. Get four Melbourne Storm home games for only $99. Call one three hundred storms now and be Melbourne crowd. Coons, you got a couple of votes actually for the T Bone of the Week award off the SMS. Not certain if it's players within or coaches within the Melbourne <laughs> Melbourne no, no Storm doubt. No hierarchy, doubt. but you are leading right about now. It was now, me. I was. <laughs> of course, Legend of the Week. Where are they now? And we've been able to get a superstar on the line as well. A man that you both know fairly well. Talk of Matt King, who joins us. Hello, Kingy. G'day, boys. Hi, Matthew. Matthew. Bobby Hoffy, what a pleasant surprise! <laughs> How are you, boys? What? Um, now you're coming down to see uh, to uh, take on the Melbourne Storm this weekend for all those uh, Storm supporters out there. Um, the big Matty King, he's part of the uh, Roosters coaching staff and doing a wonderful job up there. But um, looking forward to coming down to Melbourne, Kingy. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do, Bob. I um, I get to come down most years, whether it um, since I've come back from England, mate, with the Rabbitohs, and then now my time with the Roosters, I do get to come down most years uh, through footy, and then um, my wife and I, we've been down to have a weekend away, um, get out of Sydney every now and again. Um, I love, I love Melbourne, mate, for a, a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, obviously, it's a great city. I, I love sports, so obviously, it's the sporting capital of Australia. There's no question about that, and. Um, obviously, my heartstrings um, are pretty tightly wrapped around the storm. I had five um, unreal years down there, mate, and uh, the club and the people within the club still mean a great deal to me. So, um, yeah, I, I think of Melbourne uh, very fondly, mate. Hey, you uh, you got anything for me, Kingy? Any news? Any little <laughs> any little tidbits you want, you want to share? Any anything, tip? Well, off dog, I've seen the storm of name Curtis Scott at number twenty-one. Is that a load of rubbish, mate, or uh, is he is he up against it? He's he's got some fitness tests, mate. He's got some fitness tests, so uh, oh. we'll see how he goes. How's Cooper's shoulder? Nice these straight bat, how's, nice how's Cooper's bat. shoulder, King? How's that going? Yeah, yeah, it's sweet, mate. It's sweet. He's uh, nah, he, he's a right little fella. It was pretty amazing what he went through last year. Yep, we're um, just talking about it. Bobby, was, yeah, yeah, it was it was phenomenal, mate. I was. Lucky enough to be at South Sydney when Sam Burgess broke his cheekbone in the first minute, which I thought that was uh, one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. But, you know, for Cooper to have a broken shoulder blade, but to know about it for seven days leading into, you know, one of the biggest games of his life and to know that that bone was still going to be broken and have some needles in there to numb the pain and still get out there and do a job for us was the bravest thing I've ever seen on a footy field. And, um, he's only a little dude, Coops, but his mental resilience and his mental toughness is is the best I've ever seen. He's um he's a tough little nugget, and what he did for us last year was was un, was was amazing. King, there's a bit of a Melbourne Storm feel, obviously, with yourself and Cooper, and now um, Adam O'Brien's gone up there as assistant. How's um he fitted in, and uh, how does he go? Sort of obviously tough for him last year, losing to the Roosters in the grand final. How, how does it go for him coming into the team? Yeah, for for anyone who's had anything to do with Adam, you know he's he's a, he's a wonderful country boy, you know Bateman's Bay boy, and um, you know family and all the values that the Storm hold true, um, you know is a big part of Adam as well. It's um, it's easy to see how he can fit into any environment really easily. He works really hard. He's super passionate about his job and and the people he works with and. The other thing, Hoffy, he's really good at his job, mate. He he, um, he sees the game differently. He's a bit of a risk taker. He's willing to, willing to you know, offer up new ideas for the players each week, and and the boys are warm to him too because of that country laid back nature that he's got. So, uh, Adam and I work really closely together on the attack, and um, I'm really grateful that we get to spend so much time together. He's um, you know, he's, he's like a little like a little mentor for me. I'm learning heaps off him, but. He's a uh, he's a champion bloke as well, so it's, um, yeah, he's fitted in really well. Hoffy and I know that he's super excited to get back down and give Bellyache and Marky Bretnell and all those guys a cuddle as well. Hey, uh, King, you've obviously been at a uh, few successful clubs. You mentioned the Bunnies and now the Roosters and the Storm. Are they all very similar or very different? Yeah, it's it's really funny, Bob. Um, it, it's funny, mate. The, there's no, you know, the, the commonality on characteristics you need for success. Um, um, hold true at each club, mate. So, you know, if you're not going to work hard, you, you're not going to really be that successful. So each club that I've been at works extremely hard. Um, there's a humility to each club, um, a really high discipline amongst staff and players. 
Uh, but the cool thing at each place, mate, is that, you know, Bellyache sprinkled his magic dust on the on that place. Madge did the same at the Rabbitohs, and, and Robbo's got his own sort of style and way of doing things, which creates success. So, you know, even though there are those sort of characteristics, and, and I, I would assume that every NRL club would would tick those boxes that they that they work hard, that they try to be as humble as possible and, and, and disciplined, but it's it's the magic of the true leader at each of those places which sort of gives each place its identity and um, as you said mate I've been so blessed to be at three different clubs now and all tasted success and um, and just seeing how someone's individual personality and beliefs can can really take those that work ethic and that discipline and, and humility and, and turn it into success. King you've been involved as a coach for a few years now with the, both the Bunnies and the, and the Chooks uh, do you see yourself as a, as a career coach mate are you enjoying that role? Uh, do you know what, Hoppy? I, I really love the environment, mate. And as a, as I presently stand, Hoppy, I'm, I'm just trying my hardest to be the best assistant I, I can be, mate. Um, if that changes in a few years, I'll, I'll let you know, brother. But as it stands right now, I'm, I'm really comfortable where I am. I'm comfortable still taking my time and learning, you know, learning the intricacies of of um, of coaching. There's so much, mate. When you go from an assistant to a head coach, you're dealing with salary caps and issues at home and so much other stuff that as an assistant you just worry about the footy and, and you get the boys in um you know all on the same page for the weekend so uh, with my personality you, you two guys sort of uh, know me better than most with my personality type i'm not sure if i'm suited to that high stress sort of environment <laughs> as, as being a being a head coach but i do love the environment i love footy i love being around the boys so if i can be the best assistant and help out as much as i can mate that might be me for a little while, I reckon, Hoff Dog. Coach of the good times, eh? Coach of the good times. <laughs> that sounds all right, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey, congratulations to you, mate. History maker first on the Melbourne Storm Hour here at SEN. Where are they now? Legends. So you've made history again, mate. So congratulations. Uh, awesome. Thank you, boys. Love it. <laughs> Making NBA, uh, NBA, Melbourne Storm legend as he is. And there you go. We're done. Done. How good Beautiful. That? Too good. Easy. Do you know what's going on? You've been on your phone half the night. So. Well... Are we still going? I did actually really did like. I did like when you and I had a good chat about the Roosters, and we threw one of the Kearns. He's yeah. like, "What are you talking about? Roosters yeah. last year? We, we played the Roosters, are we? Eastern Suburbs? You're about to call. Talking about the Roosters, correct? Hey, as always, Sorry, boys. Thanks, boys, for coming in. No problem. And I'm sure you'll be part of the Melbourne Storm Air at some point in the future with uh, Jack Everett on Sporting Capital. Good luck this weekend. Enjoy it. I know you always do. And Hoffy will be out there sideline, but you'll be up in the corporates uh, swanning around like you do, mate. So Fantastic. Look enjoy the game it. Friday night. All thanks to, of course, the Melbourne Storm. Don't miss a minute of the action as Melbourne Storm look to continue their winning streak. Get it to six games this weekend against the Roosters on Friday at Amy Park. Bring the kids for free. Head to Ticket Tech today to lock in your tickets. You'll need to do it ASAP because they are selling fast. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.